welcome to Malkir Talks, a Wheel of Time Theory podcast. I am Rob, your host, and today we are diving into a really fun theory that I'm, I'm excited to share. Uh, but for, before we get into that, I do have a quick announcement. If you are listening on release day, the 19th, or the day after, or potentially even the Sunday, you have not missed the opportunity to join me for my next live recording in Discord. And it's a slightly special one because I've convinced the innkeeper to take a Sunday off from the inn and join me in the Discord for a live recording. We haven't quite picked a topic, but we do have another guest confirmed, and that is the dark mother of Theoryland herself, Frenzy. So please come and join us if uh, you're listening. If you're listening afterwards, you'll have to wait for the episode to come out, obviously. But if you're listening before, please come and join us in the Discord server. If you need a link, it's in the show notes description, and you can listen to the three of us get a little weird and wacky and and have a good bit of fun and uh, hopefully they'll be able to hang around for the post show afterwards but enough of those things let's go on with today's theory and i would love to introduce a friend of mine who has come on with this wonderful theory that i'm sure is going to be quite passionately discussed <laughs> because in the sh in the, the the pre discussion we got a little bit like that so please welcome ro how you doing bro i'm doing good and you I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to this today. It's going to be good fun. So is this your first time on a podcast? It is indeed. Yes. I'm very nervous about it. <laughs> you don't need to be nervous. This is, uh, shockingly, and I don't even know how it happened. My podcast seems to be the one that everyone seems to go on first. Generally speaking, there's quite a few you know, people out there obviously have been on other podcasts and not on here. But I seem to have a habit of like, you know, three quarters of my guests have been like, oh, I've never been on a podcast before. So uh, have no fear. That is not an unknown thing here. Um, <laughs> but before we dive into a theory, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, shoe size, <laughs> um, you know, all those, all those really important wheel of time details, obviously. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, my shoe size is five. I do like sneakers, but moving on from that, I, <laughs> I am a part of Malkir Maris on Instagram. We will get to doing things eventually, but in the interim, I'm an author. Uh, you might've seen me singing with uh, dusty wheels competition and, um, general fangirl and nerd. So I like talking theories and I approach everything from a dungeon master's point of view. So this is a real fun conversation coming up for me. Brilliant. Uh, for anyone who did not listen to Rose entry, who did you sing or who, who wrote the song that you, you sung? Um, Ted is his name. Uh, well, let me look up what his actual. <laughs> That's okay. I remember seeing the two of you, um, him putting a call out for, Hey, I can write, but I can't sing. Does anyone want to sing? And then you're saying, yes, I'll sing for you. And then everybody quite literally going, wow, <laughs> when you started singing and they, they heard your music, uh, your, your, your parody entry into the wheel of time idol recently done by the dusty wheel and rightly so. Yeah. Cawthon state of mind. What a set of pipes you've got. It's just oh, beautiful. You. <laughs> You're making me nervous. <laughs> I don't take compliments well. Well, deal with it because everyone was gushing over your singing. So, And if you want to hear that song, ladies and gents, there is a playlist floating around out there in the ether. And if you can't find it, let me know and I'll send it to you. <laughs> so uh, it's a great song. All the songs are amazing. I have to say, like, I don't think I listened to a single song and went, well, that was shit. They were all like, wow. They were all, they were very different. It was a lot of fun to listen to. Um, yeah, I didn't get much sleep those two nights. Thank you. Yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't do um, much singing. Mine was rapping, but it was uh, apparently well received. So I enjoyed that. I said definitely the most impressive of uh, skills, in my opinion. Ah, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think many people expected a Wheel of Time parody using an Eminem song. No, but, it worked. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it worked. Uh, listeners, if you haven't heard it and you want to hear it, it's on my YouTube channel. So you can go check that out. Um, but just before we get into your theory, how long have you been reading The Wheel of Time? Oh, goodness. I started in 2005. I think that that was right around when... Path of Daggers or Winter's Heart maybe came out was when I started. It sounds about right. I'm terrible for the dates. So, um, I'm just going <laughs> to yeah, say no. yes. <laughs> yeah. Something around there. Maybe Crossroads of Twilight. I don't remember. It was, it was around that time. Um, 
and uh, my dad introduced me to the book series and I read the, at that point I read the first uh, up until that point and then followed them as they came out after that. And I think I read the last book in a week because power through, man. <laughs> yes, I, I remember pre-ordering it and then going collecting it on release day myself. I didn't quite do the Harry Potter thing where I queued up at midnight, but they weren't doing a midnight release anyway, so I couldn't. Did they do that, that for me? Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like they missed a trick, um, <laughs> but, you know, they'll do that with the TV show instead. There'll be some kind of crazy party, so. Yeah, cool. Different reader set, I think. <laughs> yes, yes, slightly older reader set in theory. Um, you know, people quite often, when can you start reading The Wheel of Time? I was like, 16, 17, 18, 15-ish. It depends on your kid. So, yeah. Okay, well, lovely. Uh, now that we've got to know you a little bit better, why don't you introduce your theory? Okay, so I, when I read the books in the last book, from my perception, and I have been disabused of this many a time since, is that the whole entire point of this was to break the wheel. Because what is the point of all of it if it doesn't then stop repeating? What What is the point of anything if everything just continues and loop and be the same thing over and over again? So I thought that that was the whole point, was breaking the wheel. And to me, that seems like a far better ending than that arguably this will all just happen again because I've been told that the wheel was not broken and <laughs> the books also prove that that is not true. So I, I don't know. It's just very interesting to me. I think that would be a far better um, concept is that the whole entire point of this was to put an end to this constant repetition to these people having to like Brigida and Geidel Kane and all of them having to live over and over and over again, all in the hopes that eventually they'll be able to put an end to the Dark One or at least make sure he's fully locked away for permanent. I don't know. that. I mean, it just seems like if the wheel broke, everything would be better. <laughs> no, I, I found this really intriguing. I have to say my initial reaction when I first heard you, you I'd have to say having some time to prep is clearly, and I don't mean this horribly at all, so please don't take it this way, but that was far more eloquent than the first time we discussed that idea and initial <laughs> concept. So you've clearly had time to work on your delivery. Kudos. I like that. Um, in fact, I was, uh, when we first discussed this, I was like, mm, okay, um, we can talk about this. This seems interesting. Not sure I buy it. Now that we've just explained it, I'm like, oh, shit. I kind of buy it a bit more now, by the way. So, um, yeah. Good start. Yeah. Very good start. So, that, that, I mean, that's a good point. Um, it, uh, the Dark One only has to win once. Right. But everyone else has to win every time. Every time. And that's, you know, like, as you say, yeah, I mean, Bucky and Gadol Kane, do they not get to, like, you know, go on a honeymoon and fucking lie on the beach and enjoy themselves? They go, oh, okay, right, okay. Another hundred years coming up now, you know? So, yeah. Over and over and over again. How many times do these people, and then adding more people to the horn, because I think, what is it? Who is it that gets tied? Is it Rowal? Oh, I can't pronounce his name. Or, oh, or, um, or who gets, like, tied to the wheel at, towards the end or something like that, where he sees, like, the mist coming in? Yeah, was it uh, Noel who was actually Jane Fastrider in disguise? Yes, yes, where he's getting tied to the wheel. So, I mean, that dis that disproves my theory, I think, pretty much in pretty well. But in so there we go, ladies and gents. Episode done. The theory's been proven. Good night. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it's more just like a. It would have been better if because, I mean, now what he has to for the rest of eternity rest of eternity just const continually be reborn live some time in the world in tell and royd and then be reborn and do it all over again how exhausting does that sound to just continually for the rest i mean what is the point of that why why would the creator design things to work like that what would be the purpose of that so like to my mindset the purpose of that is so that to give them the time would make sense that he did that, I should say, or it, it did that to give them time to figure out how to 
permanently locked the dark one away. Um, and it's just been a continually repeating pattern until finally someone <coughs> rant is able to accomplish said goal. And then the wheel is broken and time can finally move forward and experience new things and new lives. Yeah. I mean, it is just, just running through this initially. Mm -hmm. um, you can't, as proven by Rand's battle with the Dark One, you can't not have a Dark One, obviously. The Dark One needs to have influence, so to speak, just so you can have a, quote, regular world. Um, because if there's no Dark One, everyone is just, there's, as you saw in the, those visions, it was, it was an empty world. It wasn't a real world type thing. So mm -hmm. killing the Dark One has never been, uh, well, can't be an option really, but locking him away permanently so that, you know, it can't be, uh, I'm slipping into the same thing there, calling it he, um, it can't be released. <laughs> Does sound like a better, it, it's an ending to the battle. I mean, the whole point of the Wheel of Time is there are no beginnings or endings to the, to the Wheel of Time. But I, 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 I want them to have an ending. I want them to be like, right, okay, done. Dust that off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, in real life, there is no beginnings or endings, like the chicken or the egg. What came first? There, Nothing came first. There is, it's just a continually moving, of moving forward. But in this whole, in this fantasy world, you have it where there is a continue, like, it is a continual loop that things are repeating and going and not moving forward. So what would be the point of that unless it's to give them the time, like, I can imagine that the mindset mindset of this supreme creator being was just like one it cannot be destroyed there is always a there's a balance to everything Egwene says this at the end that's the whole entire point of the flame of Tarvalon is that it is a complete opposite of balefire of pure creation versus pure destruction which is the dark one you have to have this balance it has to exist because as you said in the in that alternate world where the dark one doesn't exist everything is just kind of meh. If there's nothing to compare light to, is it even light? You have to have it, but mm -hmm. you can't win. It can't be left unchecked because then you have that other alternate world where everything is just completely decimated and destroyed. The dark one cannot have complete control, but the creator can't have complete control either. And it's more reasonable. <laughs> so we'll just lock you back up the way you were before Lon Fear had her fun times and <laughs> move on. Yep. I, for some reason, I want to say Benadorm, and it's not the name of the other researcher who was with her. Um, Biedemon is the other researcher who helped Lan Fear find uh, the, the, the dark one, so to speak. Um, so, okay. Well, let's, let's, let's sort of like dig into a few questions. So, Firstly, like, this is no particular order, ladies and gents. We're just going like, to attack them as, as the conversation goes. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I raised was like, so if we're stuck in this seven-age cycle, mm -hmm. you know, does that mean everything else is 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 stuck, like, evolution-wise and, and, and things can't evolve and such? And is, So life has kind of just been frozen in these seven ages until, you know, the light, quote, wins. I mean, it definitely seems like that's the case. Like, it's from a starting point, right before the dark one is released and then it moves through until he's defeated or not defeated and then just snap restarts all over again if it hasn't worked out the way kind of like if anybody's seen the magicians it's a little bit like or read it it's a little bit like that where it's just like snap it didn't work moving back to the beginning starting all over again these are the core things that have happened every single time we hit the these points but with different souls or same soul, different person because of whatever life circumstances and then reset and then reset and then reset. And that's just, that's what it seems like to me. So yeah, if things evolve to a point and then it all starts all over again. Yeah. I, I buy this part, um, you know, this question, because if you think about it, they're always talking about all oh, lost things and you know 93 discovering certain healing weaves and traveling being quote rediscovered and, and and so on and so forth and you see it with animals as well we we see you know skeletons of elephants and things like that and then you get the shredette which are from the shanchen and they're elephants <laughs> you know and it's just like things coming and going coming and going coming and going but they never seem to 
go very far before they disappear and then they when they come back they're either at a lesser stage mm -hmm. like you know prototype version one before they get up to the decent version everyone uses type thing and then they disappear again so you know being stuck in that constant cycle that's not life is it no that makes me buy this theory a little bit that you know they are stuck in this this time loop so to speak um and then that sort of led on to the next question we asked was like why why stick them in this time loop why why in these seven ages um that was kind of my next question really wasn't it i believe was that my question or your question <laughs> i can't remember who was <laughs> <laughs> why because i mean again i mean as we kind of as i kind of already said was that the the dark one shaitan cannot have cannot have i said it twice in my parody you find don't worry <laughs> oh no um cannot <laughs> have complete control because pure destruction is is not a moving is not moving forward either right it's it's an end to everything if there's nothing living if there's nothing experiencing if there's nothing moving forward is that that that's nothing at all but that's the purpose of the dark one is in my opinion is that is just pure destruction versus the creator which is pure creation and that in itself is not necessarily like good and from our perspective pure destruction is bad because we exist and don't like that but that's not necessarily evil it's just our perceptions of it because we like to continue to exist so you have these two opposing forces the lights dark side of the force and they are they are very opposed <laughs> and it's the unstoppable force versus the immovable object right which one wins who knows but they have to keep they, they keep they keep hitting each other and trying to see which one will work and the creation managed at some point it seems to have gotten the upper hand and locked destruction away it has an ability to have a touch but not completely destroy everything and then some stupid woman and her research assistant managed to open that cage thanks lady <laughs> but going on this repetitive cycle thing they weren't necessarily the first ones to ever do that there would have been a first personal people to have done that at some point but yes touche um I, I do like the idea you raised in the notes here about having them trapped in this repetitive seven age cycle gives them time to figure out a way to trap the dark one away again mm -hmm. on that that ideal perfect ceiling away no one's going to ever release it again type situation and I like that I think that's a really good just a, a really good way to look at it think okay well this is going to take a bit of trial and error you know, mm -hmm. um, the, the creator can't trap the Dark One away like permanently forever because the the, you know, the creator creates and the Dark One destroys. Um, it's just never going to be quite right, which is why you need that, you know, I think we're jumping into a little bit of Brandon Sanderson's misborn situation here, but, you know, you need a little bit of a mix to uh, to, to get the best of both going on and actually create a, a, a decent prison mm -hmm. that is um, un, unbreakable, mm -hmm. I suppose. Um, but then... I kind of looking there, we were talking about the seven age thing and, you know, providing all that time and that works. But and my notes here, I'm like, I'm changing quite a little, not quite. I'm changing a little bit. What I think here is so if the, the whole purpose we kind of in the notes of, of the seven age thing was like, if the dark one were to quote break free, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so the, the dragon didn't stop him or, or, or stop it or, or, you know, slow it down or seal it away enough for, you know, mm -hmm. someone else to come back 3,000 years and actually do a proper job at it. Um, <laughs> you know, the obviously I'm comparing Luz to Rand at that moment. Um, Good job, bud. Couldn't finish it. <laughs> well, he went alone. Well, I say he went alone. He went with just his companions. Companions. Um, yes. He was arrogant enough to be like, I can fucking do this. So come with me. And the isolate or the female isolate were like, no, <laughs> don't think that's going to work. And he's like, fuck it. I'm going anyway. Come with me, boys. Um, it's almost like someone's like, you can't do that. And, and the hundred companions and Lou's are like, hold my beer. <laughs> Watch us. Well, Watch us do it, yeah. well, just about as well as we could expect of a really raging bachelor party is what it sounds like. <laughs> but to, to be fair, I have, I have read, so I, I mean, I'm not a, a deep dive on the, on the metaphysical stuff, but you need Matt Hatch for that. He's 
Like I like it, but I'm not as in depth as as people like uh, Matt is. And I've heard Matt and I've I've read bits and discussed that if the female Isidai had gone as well, then both sides of the power would have been tainted. Yeah, as opposed to just the male half. And also, oh, I think at my second point, and I feel it's irrelevant anyway, so I'm going to skip that. Um, <laughs> but anyway. So we've we've got this this whole seven age situation, um, and the purpose of the of that is to if the dark one isn't sealed away properly or breaks out and no one stops him or stops it, then the that cycle that seven age cycle traps the dark one from taking over all time and all space, so to speak, destroying everything out there completely. Yes, and so it's almost like. Here's a bubble of seven ages mm-hmm. with Rand Land in it type thing. Mm-hmm. And then you've got all your mirror worlds and parallel worlds and, you know, the Ogier world and the the, uh, the Thin world and all those other places that, you know, do exist and are accessed and talked about at various points in the book. So no matter how few and far the details can be sometimes. My point then was, is that bubble, okay, there's many, many people in there being sacrificed for eternity. Mm-hmm. Very, very bad. Totally appreciate that. But is that bubble then not a suitable prison? Anyway, like in you know, it's like a, it's like having a second you know you know a second lock on your you know two doors to lock and you're on the front of your house. Like okay, you got out of the first door, but there's still a second door stopping you. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of though. Like I don't think that the creator had a whole lot of time, <laughs> and it's an instant reaction. Is oh no, throw this at it, and then well, let's see if that works. <laughs> you know kind of situation that's the feel that it gets for especially since we kind of got at the end of what book one eye of the world they're hanging they managed to tap into the well or whatnot and the creator's just like this is the creator's voicemail um i have taken off for the time being you're gonna have to deal with this on your own leave a message after the tone like The creator's gone on holiday. It's like fucking babysit for me while I'm gone, will you, mate? You know, I've got like you know the dogs there. You know, I did what I could. It's all on you guys now. Moving on, like that's kind of the the vibe. I'm 65. I'm retired. Okay, you know, like someone else can run the company for a while. Yeah. So I mean, who knows what the creators out there doing? But I mean. For the most part, it looks like it's all just automated protocol, <laughs> and he's moved on. You know, like it's moved on. It's off creating other things. Who who knows? Versus the dark one who just happened to have gotten trapped here at this point in the process of creating whatever the creator has been creating outside of. We're getting way out there in theory land here, but. This is where the the where the dark one got trapped and this is where it got released. And so this is its starting point, whereas the creator has now moved on to other things. It went, oh, it got out. Throw it in this little cage. If it can figure out how to get out of it, then I'll deal with it again. Then until then, let's see if we can if these people can handle it. I've got other stuff to do. Like that's kind of the vibe to me. Right. Okay. So we're, we're almost talking, the, the the way we're doing this is creators like, I need to trap this thing. Mm-hmm. I need to, you know, that this needs to be, you know, have some restrictions on its freedom right now. It needs to be under a national lockdown <laughs> situation. You know, this is, do not socialize, you know, everyone stay two meters away at all time, all that sort of shit. And it's kind of like, well, I'll throw this like little frozen bubble of seven ages. It's just kind of like a backup, just in case shit goes down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the bonus of that is because I can't create a perfect prison because I just know it's not going to be the case. But, you know, the backup is these people will be able to do it at some point, but they need time to do this. So let's trap them in a time loop mm-hmm. that doesn't repeat exactly. So there's change for, you know, there's opportunity for variation and you know, things to tweak slightly over time and you get better and better results, you know, trial and error type system. And if the dark one gets out, well, it's trapped in the bubble and the people will eventually win or I'll just come back from, you know, retirement or my other creation or my, you know, my, I'm, I've started a podcast, Randland, for Christ's sake, I can't look after you anymore. I need to do my podcast. Um, you know, he'll take a week off from the podcast and come back and fix shit type situation. Yep. I'm buying that. I can buy that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
which leads me into the thought, like, you know, so he gave them all the tools, right? We you have the we have Sidon and Sadar, the source, which to me the source is just being able to tap into the creator's power itself, right? This is just what the creator is. They're pulling from that, but it's an it's a never ending well. It's kind of like if if everybody was a cup, that's the ocean, and your cup might be different sizes, but you can pull, but you can fill that cup as much as you want. That's people and their ability. Rand has a freaking basin versus everybody else having like shot glasses. But that's what it is to me is that Rand is <laughs> <laughs> Rand become and and in that vein, the whole entire battle between them becomes like an avatar situation is that Rand becomes the full avatar of the creator's abilities on a scale that doesn't end everything, right? And Ishmael or uh, Moridin becomes the dark ones because these are two beings that I would assume at, are of equal ability, the creator and the dark one. Yes. Of equal, at least. At either like just shy or ar around the same abilities and powers, but approach things differently. So at some point, one just happened to get the upper hand. That was the creator, thank goodness. And now we're stuck in this. And so they've got these two avatars so that they can battle without destroying all of everything. And that's what they do. And then again... Yeah, it's, it's that age-old situation. Well, if you've got creation and destruction having a fight, everything gets wiped out. But if they were like, do you know what? We'll stand back and give a, you know... Well, like, here's my army's champion. Okay, here's my army's champion. And they can go at it. And whichever champion wins, well, we'll just accept that type thing as they... Yeah, basically, this is gentleman's agreement <laughs> between gods. <laughs> We're going to put on these terms because I don't want to destroy everything I've created fighting you, bro. And the Dark Ones, yes. you know, I guess I have to follow these rules because you happen to have locked me in a cage. But on, on top of that, the, the Dark One wants to destroy everything, but I, I don't think the Dark One would want to... Um, the Dark One wants to destroy everything and remake it in the Dark One's image. So the Dark One doesn't want everything wiped out. The Dark One wants everything Dark One style. Yep. As opposed to... A balance between creation and disruption, just which is great parody now. What the creator understands needs to, yeah. Uh, what the uh, the creator understands needs to be the case is is that balance needs to be there. That's how you know life continues and grows and such. And the dark ones like, well, I just want it all my way. The gentleman agreement it, it, it fits there as a description. Ish and Rand have pretty much the same power level, if I, in my understanding. Uh, they're always spoken about as if they were just you know, um, equals the whole way. Um, it's, uh, what's his name? Who is, um, Demon Dread, who was like second best to everything. Ish Moradin, they were, they were always very, very equal and stuff. So this, that, that really fits in. So the way I'm kind of looking at this theory now is the, the creator and the dark one kind of came to an agreement saying, well, if we have a fight and pick a winner, there ain't going to be a winner because mm -hmm. everything's going to be gone. Right. So, We'll set up this little one guy, you know, my army versus your army, like your guy versus my guy type situation. And the creator's gone, bubble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bubble of bubble of creation as opposed to a bubble of evil. Bubble of good? Yep. Bubble of good. Bubble of, <laughs> bubble of not Bubble bad. of safety. <laughs> bubble of, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> all right, that, that might be the title for this episode. The wheel is... The Wheel of Time is actually just a bubble of... Yeah. Uh, how'd you spell that? Three W's or four? Um, <laughs> okay, this this works. I like this. Um, because, yeah, and it gives... so and, and every side gets something. So the creator's side, the side of light, they get repetitive time that will slowly... You know, you can make small improvements over, you know, period of time, trial and error sort of situation to give you that place of ultimately beating the dark one mm -hmm. and the dark one well it gets eternity to you know it just well you only have to win once bro um type situation i want to dig into that just a little bit mm -hmm. if the dark one won mm -hmm. would the side of light never you know be getting some kind of underground resistance movement like is the dark one is that a case of the dark one win once wins once and then that's it game over 
don't know. If you unleash a god of destruction, how how much of a chance do you think people have? Especially if say if if the if the ending had been reversed and it it was Rand who went his blood's on the stone because he's fucking dead. Like <laughs> the creator's avatar is gone. The creator itself has pieced out of this situation and now at this point I would assume is on the run. You like what do you do at that point? Because especially one of my, if everything is balanced, it annoys me that there's at no point ever discussed there's an opposite to, you know, how you can turn somebody to the dark side, but there's never mentioned like an opposite to that. If everything has a balance, there should be, but that's not ever mentioned. So all we have is that you can legitimately forcibly turn people against their will to the dark side of wheel of time then you just like i no, i mean i don't think that their chances are great <laughs> especially if like the next powerful one under rand is like so far i mean like so far below his power standards it's just i'm trying to think if there were any male forsaken left after if so if rand had no because if rand had lost you still have ishmael he would be so let's say demon dread died at the battle that's very possible mm -hmm. but you would still have ishmael if he'd beaten rand mm -hmm. and i i feel like that's our last male forsaken i'm saying male purely in a physical sense mm -hmm. because we've got um oh i forget which forsaken it was belal or something or balal or something like that um or agonor maybe agonor one of them was put into a woman's body um i think they're it still a bathamal wasn't it uh, ah, Bethamel, perhaps. Yes. I don't know. One of those ones that nobody cares about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the ones people forget about, and they already know them by their new name. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. So, yeah, like, in terms of male channelers, but there would be Ish, but then who's he going to make? Is he going to make Rand's Nablus, or is he going to make Ish Nablus? I feel like if Ish won, you'd make Ish Nablus. It, 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 mm. That kind of fits, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and then Rand is... So yeah, the, the the in terms of male channelers, you time would still be around, but time is not quite as strong as Rand. There's there's enough of a difference there that Rand wins in the battle. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember the exact power levels, but I do remember it being noted that uh, time was almost as strong, but not enough to make it you know for him to be certain of winning over Rand. So mm -hmm. okay, well I'll, quickly on your point of turning people to dark mm -hmm. against their will now i i do agree that it is to only have that for the dark side doesn't sort of speak of balance mm -hmm. i i totally agree there but do you think now the people that get turned to the dark they're not always as good as they were in no. terms of like their abilities right you know if they're stupid when they get turned they're still stupid they get slightly broken in the process do you want a, quote, bad person who is then slightly broken in the process on the side of good because you forced them there? Are you a good person if you force someone to be on the side of light the same way that others can be forced to be on the side of dark? Oh, my gosh. Are you actually a good person if you do that? <laughs> um, well... I, I, this goes along with what we're on a tangent now, now, but I just wanted yeah, to ask no, the question. No, it's good. It's a great morality question, isn't it? Though, because forcing yeah. anybody to do anything they don't want to do is not good. But in this case, you're forcing somebody who, if you believe, if you subscribe to the belief that there's such a thing as pure evil, you're taking somebody that was evil and and making them not evil so where does that fall on the scale on this very morally gray scale of morality here of is it a good thing it's it's very morally gray you're quite right <laughs> like what it's it's the same same thing as is com compulsion it is i mean if you compel someone if you if you compel a dark friend to not be a dark friend using compulsion is evil you've taken over that person's mind and corrupted it and forced them to be a different person but that different person is now on the side of light you know it's like do two wrongs make it right you know all those sorts of things it's a very morally gray situation yeah um, hell is paved with and I, and I, and I, I don't 
<laughs> yes. And I don't think there would ever be a, a, a right, quote, right answer to that question. Um, but the other thing that occurred to me when I, that question occurred to me was the phrase, there, no one can walk so long in shadow that they cannot come back to the light. Is that not the light's answer to people being, forced, being turned, forcibly turned to the dark side? So I'd never thought about it being something like taking somebody who chose to be dark and forcing them to light because I feel like that's such a, it was more like if somebody's been turned, there has to be a way to turn them back, you know, like to, to, I mean, by all means, if it can be used to turn somebody back from what something they've been turned into, it can definitely turn somebody who never was turned back. Oh, so we're, we're, we're talking about, so rather than just turning someone who's chosen the dark side, unturning someone is is probably the better of the script. Yeah, kind of like how, you know, with Balefire being like being an app, pure destruction of the pattern, you have the Flame of Tarvon, which then repairs said damage, stitching it back together. My, I had never, which kind of blew my mind when you brought that up, is that I had never even considered it being something that was done to people that by choice chose the dark. It was something to undo what had been done to someone. You know, like this, this is the balance is was done and now we're undoing said evil thing. That doesn't mean that it can't be done. And it is still a very interesting and pertinent question to ask yourself because as I said at the beginning, I don't think that the creator, it's all about perception, right? I don't think that creation and creator itself is good quote unquote, I think it just exists as creation. And that can be something good. It can also be something bad. And destruction in itself can also be something that is good and bad. But our perception of it as wanting to continue to live is that destruction is bad. (laughs) We want to still be here. So, and what, whatever for these people that choose the dark one and choose that is their own perceptions and their own wants and selfishness is what truly makes it evil you know like he wants to remake it in his vision and whatever vision is who knows there might be people that enjoy whatever that version of reality is i don't know we don't get into that much but you you do have these the forsaken who want control and power and they think this is the way to do it and it really only feeds and it gives them an outlet for their own dark and selfish wants and needs and has, to me, little to do with actually just whatever the dark one is, if that is capable of being followed as a train of thought. <laughs> no, no, I followed you. You're making sense. Don't worry. Um, I think we're on far more stable, morally stable ground if we are discussing unturning someone as opposed to turning someone who's chosen the side of dark. Um side of darkness so i yeah i feel we're on morally much more stable ground there and i think that would be okay i i, I doubt there's anyone listening anyone out there really be like well no you shouldn't be fixing someone who got turned that's not right you know that's like saying someone who's gone off to war and been captured and had you know been tortured and um gone under uh what's the phrase i'm looking for now where they um they get reprogrammed um brainwashed Brainwashed, exactly, yeah. Where they get brainwashed. That is like saying, oh, well, this person's been, you know, brainwashed by the enemy. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't correct that brainwashing because that brainwashing was forced on that person, so it should stay. But no one's going to think that train of thought there. So that's the same as turning. Um, In in my book, there's a form of brainwashing, isn't it, really? Yeah. That you get done to you against your will. So to unturn someone, I think we're quite on morally stable ground there. I think that's okay. So I'm behind that. Forcing a person who's chosen the side of darkness to the light, I'm not on the side of that situation. That That's that's too morally aggressive. You know, like Sherlock with the whole entire, like, I'm not an angel, but I'm on the side of the angels kind of situation. Mm-hmm. There's always those characters, aren't there? And I'm sure they exist in real life. The people who are not bad guys, but they're bad guys. You know, they are on the side of good, but they're willing to do whatever it takes to win the war. There's always going to be those people who are willing to be bad and to make those sacrifices so that the world can be a better place for everyone else, but they don't think that they'll ever live in it. 
it was the the Batman movie, isn't it? Like, uh, let let them think that I killed um, Harvey Dent as opposed to Harvey Dent turning psychopathic because the Joker brainwashed him. Okay, well, we got a bit uh, side tangent there, but I like that discussion. That was good, so I don't feel don't feel bad about that. Okay, so we've we've got the world. We've got seven ages in a bubble. We've got the you know champions of the creation, champions of destruction. Mm-hmm. I'm liking this theory more. <laughs> this is you're winning me over a little bit more than I expected. So congratulations there. My biggest point of contention with the theory now is that would the creator put a whole quote world in a bubble where and and in essence sacrifice them because if they don't find that perfect way to seal away the dark one, mm-hmm. they will eventually lose. Mm-hmm. And then have to suffer the Dark One's world for eternity. Mm-hmm. Is that something the creator would do? Just to save, quote, the rest of existence? Wouldn't you? I mean, it's one of those, like, one versus the trolley car, the college Oh, God, I love that, yes. The situation yeah. is you're on a trolley, and you can either hit the one person or you can hit the five. What are you going to do? But what if... What if the one person is a child? What if you know the one person? What if the five people are dying? You know, all sorts of questions out there, isn't it? So Right. I mean, and it falls back to the the creator not necessarily technically being something that is good. It's just creation. That's its focus, is it like which is why I think it's very feasible that it would be like, peace out, bye, I gotta go do other things, because that's its purpose is to go and create things. So it's going to continue with that purpose. It does what it needs to to try and stop the dark one from getting out and destroying everything behind it because I went and I worked really hard and I made these things. I don't want you to break them. And then <laughs> moves on to go create more <laughs> things. <laughs> I don't it's not just it wouldn't just be whatever earth because another theory that got squashed for me is that it's not a random planet fantasy world. It's actually future earth or past earth or whatever. Uh, yes, that is the, the understanding. Yeah. It wouldn't just stay there. It would move on. It would, you know, move from one thing and then, you know, just keep going and destroy more. And the creator would yeah. be like, rude <laughs> i made these things can you stop breaking them <laughs> the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few sort of situation i there's there's enough of me that will be will buy that from a creator type entity enough of you so percent of you that does not agree there, there is a percentage and of me why? that's just like well the way the creator is perceived in the books despite being not involved with the day-to-days going on and such, you know, the way the Dark One is involved in day-to-days with the Forsaken and such, um, it, it's perceived to be, quote, good. Um, just good that doesn't interfere. So if the creator was, you know, there's a part of me going, if the creator is good, as as the perception is in the books, and all right, there's arguments for, un, you know, um, uh, unreliable narrators and things of that nature... You know, which is obviously a big piece of, of the story just in general, because like, well, hold up, we're getting this information or this point of view from this character, but they don't have the whole picture, whereas we do. So we know they're being a dickhead right now, or they're making a stupid decision, or just being a fuckwit, but they don't know that. Um, yes, very accurate to life. We can, only, we can only make a decision based on the information we actually personally have, and we don't have the big picture situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is that. But if the dark, if the creator is, quote, good... There's that part of me that goes, well, would a good entity sacrifice a world like that? So that that's where I sit. I'm I'm there's more of me that would see a, a creation entity being the needs of the many out outweigh the needs of the few, but there's still a reasonable chunk of me that says, but if they're as good as they're made out to be in the books, then would they really make that sacrifice? For the purpose of this theory. I think it fits. Um, it, mm-hmm. it would fit that the creation yeah. the creation entity would um, create this, you know, prison within a prison type situation and, and leave these beings to fight its battle and, if need be, be sacrificed. Because the so okay, so now I'm I'm seeing that basically the creator has 
has just you know this is checkmate for the creator it's just the creator is one full stop if if the the and the beings of Randland, westlands whatever uh win and permanently seal away the dark one forever then yeah the dark one is lost if the dark one wins then it just takes over the bubble and the rest of creation is still safe but it it doesn't mm-hmm. realize that because it's taken over everything as far as it knows and as such the dark ones there thinking ha 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 i won and the creator's like yeah dude you got a bubble <laughs> you know what that is you remember that episode of star trek with moriarty where they convince him that he's escaped but he's actually trapped inside oh my inside. god yes he's trapped inside the that's exactly what it is. <laughs> is that you know the the creator's just like yeah, buddy you won. <laughs> But actually, he's just living in a simulation. My just exploded right now. <laughs> Ran that is a simulation just to trap the dark one. Oh, this is brilliant. Oh, I'm buying this. I'm buying this. So now, now I'm just speaking. I'm sorry. Rand, Forsaken, everything, Shanshan, Aiel, like, you're all just a simulation. None of you are real. It is... It's the, ma- yeah. it's, it's the Matrix it's without the bodies. It's it's Moriarty in Star Trek. Oh, I I yes, I'm on board. You you have you. We just we just you, saw you have the time. sold me on this theory. I love this. Um, this is this is hilarious. This is brilliant. What an idea! Wow. Okay, so we need to give context for those who don't watch Star Trek um, because not everyone has watched that. You know, Star Trek. That's uh, not everyone's going to watch everything. That's understandable. Uh, if you if you're mildly interested, I <laughs> recommend you go watch it. Your personal favorite is DS9. Am I right there, Ro? It is 100. percent Yeah, I'm. I'm always torn between Next Generation and Voyager. Those were my two key ones growing up. Although I have finally watched all of DS9. Um, I always loved Quark and Odo, but um, I, I grew to not that I hated it. I was just like, eh, it's slightly less entertaining than the others because it's like a fixed place. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a different, it felt more like a, like a soap. I don't know what it would be in America, but like in the UK, it'd be EastEnders or Neighbours or something, you know, as a set of streets, an right. area and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Voyager and Next Generation was a bit more like road trip type yeah. situation type thing. So, <laughs> but I've, I've watched all and, yeah, Voyager was one hell of a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the Moriarty episode is they uh, Data is um, doing Sherlock Holmes uh, exp- uh, I don't know, experiences on the on the holodeck, and because Data knows the stories, he knows exactly how to win. And I think it's it is it Riker who challenges him to create a story that he doesn't know the answers to, and to see if he can deduct everything. Yeah, he goes and he tells the computer to make him a villain that could outthink him. And the computer then creates a sentient hologram. Mm-hmm. Basically. Which is quite impressive. A sentient hologram that is smarter than data, in yep. theory. Who is and pretty mm. freaking smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, data's very smart. And and he partially takes over the ship and like, you know, I want you to make me real, give me access to the world. And this is obviously pre-Voyager where there's, you know, we don't have a mobile emitter for holograms type thing. In fact, holograms were very low-key things in Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, the, the whole idea of holograms being sentient and such didn't really happen until Voyager in its entirety and, and in-depth discussions of rights and such. So it's a very weird situation for Picard. And in the end... They create a world in just like this. It, it, it's a, a square box. It's like the size of a shoebox type thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Basically, they make like a passport, like, you know, a, a hard drive, external hard drive, and they load them into mm. it is what it's basically. Yeah. He's, he's, quote, beamed off the holodeck mm-hmm. onto a shuttle or something. I can't remember where he was even beamed to. It's been quite a while since I've watched that particular episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's, he's quote beamed into the real world. They quote have figured it out. And what they've done is actually just beamed him into the other simulation. Into and a the simula- universe, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's thousands of light years wide in terms of the space he can um, occupy. God, the computing that would have been required. I assume Geordie did it. Um, <laughs> but Wow, the computing just to make that work and have all those subroutines, those interactions. Like, oh, I mean, mm-hmm. is it Professor Soong who's invents? No, not Soong. Um, who, who, who invents the doctor? Uh, who does the medical hologram? 
um, did the medical EME. Uh, yeah, Dr. the EMH. Oh, gosh. Um, I forget his name now. Yeah. Anyway, so he invented the EMH, um, and that obviously required extensive work and multiple testings and things like that. Mm-hmm. But Geordie has sat there and invented galaxies worth of simulations for a entity smarter than data to interact with and explore and be fooled by. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would assume at some point Moriarty figures it out, but he's already trapped. So what's he going? He's already trapped. Okay, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, okay, a bit too much into the Star Trek discussion there. So that's the uh, that's the <laughs> premise. That's what we need to give for you. another time, Rob. <laughs> we could do that another time. <laughs> that is, if, <laughs> if there was a post show dusty conversation, because one of Matt's daughters pops in, and uh, her name is Kate, and she pops in in the after show and chats with people with obviously Matt. She doesn't chat by herself. She's a child, she's not a child, child, but you know, she's a teenager. You know, Matt's like supervising as a good dad should be doing. And uh, she loves Star Trek, but she started to read Wheel of Time because now her dad is, quote, getting a bit famous on YouTube because he has over 10,000 subscribers now. <laughs> like, the dude's been famous in the fandom for years, and it's only people from the fandom that are watching. So <laughs> is it just, you know, the fans reaffirming their subscriptions to him? But whereas before it was, you know, Theoryland and Jordan Khan, now it's YouTube as well. But she seems to suddenly buy it. So she's like started to read the series as a result because maybe I should get into this because maybe it's actually making my dad famous type situation, <laughs> uh, which is entertaining. Good here. <laughs> yeah. Late, and, there has to be something cool here. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So um, she's she jokes she's like, can we do like a Star Trek Wheel of Time crossover podcast? <laughs> and everyone in the chat were just like, Phew. and I think what would they call it? Wheel trekking. Um, Oh, there was all sorts of names that were coming out there. Um, uh, uh, what Trek? Trek. Oh, God. Yeah. All sorts of names for it. Um, no, I'm, so, yeah. I'm, I'm cross-casting here because I'm already like, well, Deanna and Min obviously are the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, this sounds like a fun episode to do. Oh, there maybe that will be the- my knees because, man, they're both an egg. And <laughs> <laughs> maybe this should be the topic of when the innkeeper appears with me. I have to see if Frenzy's a Star Trek fan as well. I imagine that, that, that she is because uh, I know Matt's a Star Trek fan. So and, and Matt and Frenzy are very good friends. And typically- friends have similar interests so yeah that could be fun i like that (laughs) that would be so much fun (laughs) okay so we've given you context on the whole moriarty bubble world you know simulation that he's stuck in and ranland is also now just a a simulation set up by geordie laforge um perhaps that should be the title ranland is the simulation created by geordie laforge yes That will surely attract quite a crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Or are we giving away the whole ending? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like in this case, that's okay because that's too freaking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How Geordie the Forge invented Randlands. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually just what Moriarty has been doing the entire time is Moriarty is actually Ishmael. And here we go, guys. Here we go. I love this. This is brilliant. <laughs> okay, so let's let's follow that. So we reckon Moriarty would have figured out the simulation at some point. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Dark One's going to figure out? Let's say the Dark One wins. Mm-hmm. Dark One's in the simulation. Dark One's taken over. Do you think the Dark One's going to realize? I don't know. I mean, you think when you want something and you want it to be something, do you question it? How often do people do that? Like, occasionally people are like, hmm, this is a little something. I'm enjoying it a lot. You know, like, you have a really good dream and a part of your mind is like, this is not reality. And you're like, shut up, because this is too good to not be experienced. Uh, lucid dreaming, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like maybe eventually, but how would it know? You know, or maybe if when time resets and it has to go through it all again, it realizes it. I don't know. Ishmael is is aware of the fact that they've done it all. He's like, we've done, you know, he says it multiple times throughout that is, is we've done this before, we'll do it again, and we're just going to keep doing this over and over. I mean, he sounds freaking done with it all, doesn't he? He's just like, can this just be over, yeah. please? Um, so I, I mean, that's, that's Ishmael's purpose for being on the side of dark. Right, is he wants it to all be over. So I can imagine that either... 
he'll notice because he's already noticed or he so desperately wants it to just have been finished that he'll accept that it had that they have one yeah i suppose the the difference between yeah between moriarty and the dark one using these analogies is moriarty doesn't have control of the simulation Mm-hmm. So when the simulation doesn't work properly or is too perfect for him, he will question that. Whereas the dark one has the ability to reshape reality when it wins. And yeah. so everything would be catered towards the dark one. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably less likely to notice. Yep. But perhaps just accepting, hey, I've got a whole world to myself type thing. I don't have the creator bothering me because the creator is off, you know, running its podcast. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Okay. Is there is there anything you want to add into this? I, I feel like we've come to a nice point where we can kind of just tie it off into a fun little bow. And perhaps if people want to send us, you know, their, their ideas or points, we could uh, expand on this at a later date. But No, uh, definitely. I think I have – I'm willing to wait for somebody way smarter than me to be like, hey, but have you thought about this? And then I can expand on that because I, I feel like we've fully, fully covered – yeah, we had lots of points in the notes, but you know, some of them were just getting really detailed on small bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's been much more interesting to the talk about the theory as an overarching, more like an umbrella theory, as opposed to here's the nitty gritty of, you know, um, how to crack an egg into a frying pan and actually make a fried egg, as opposed to, you know, put an egg in a pan and fry it, um, which is you know more interesting to talk about. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm quite happy. Uh, was there anything else you say? Anything else you want to add? Or no, I'm very happy that I convinced you. So I feel like I've won something, and I'm. Going I to feel try like it. it was the Star Trek talk that really, like the the bubble stuff was good. I was you you had me in the door, and then we got on to Moriarty and Star Trek, and I was like, well, I didn't expect that, and and you've got me, you know. So congratulations. Yes, prizes will be. I will accept gifts and prizes here. Remember, my shoe size is five, and I like sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's just, let's be let's just give you perspective, okay? I recently did a podcast episode talking about Tam actually being evil, potentially a forsaken or a dark friend, uh-huh. and I was by the end of the episode, I was convinced. So, and then we totally forgot at the end of that episode to be like, "Well, what is the absolute clincher of why Tam's going to be a dark friend, especially in the TV show? Because he's played by Bruce Bolton." <laughs> and we totally didn't mention that and i was like damn it that's a really good point we should have talked about so yeah. yes so yeah but i i believe that you know i i bought that theory so you know just to give you some context of the theories i believe but yeah kudos well done well now we are tied because you've won one and i've won one <laughs> There we go. It does happen. So it does happen, ladies and gents. Okay. Well, um, if you want to hit us up with, you know, say, hey, I think this or I think that, there is obviously a section in my Discord server. Row is in the Discord server as well. And so you can um, go to the, uh, obviously, the spoiler-filled content discussion um, <laughs> because this is a spoiler podcast on a general basis and, and be like, hey, I listened and I think this or I think that. Uh, alternatively, you can always just uh, email me, malkeertalks at gmail.com, and let me know what you think of the episode or, or any episode I've done whatsoever. If you want to go back and listen to Tam being evil and say, yes, I buy that as well, Rob. Yeah, good, I'm in. <laughs> so <laughs> alternatively, you can find me on Twitter at malkeerer, where you can also find my Wheel of Time-based dad jokes that I've christened Tam jokes. <laughs> if you enjoy cooking or narrations or you want to watch me, watch me, listen to me do a Eminem parody rap of Wheel of Time stuff, then please hop over to my YouTube channel, which is also called Malkia Talks. And if you want to support the content that I create so I can continue to create, please consider joining my Patreon family. There's a lot of benefits um, up for grabs and uh, lots of fun people you can interact with. Special section in the Discord server as well, just for those people too. So you can meet and greet and be like, ooh, we're in the special uh, secret section of, of Discord. Um, <laughs> It's not that wild. It's it's not like I'm dropping like you know trade secrets or you know who killed JFK or anything in there. So you know don't That's expect that much. Thing. Thank you. <laughs> Although I will be putting Rose shoe size that. into that. <laughs> yep, I am putting Rose shoe size into that channel. So mm-hmm. you know, um, 
<laughs> because you've not you don't know what a shoe size is currently so why yeah. has that become a thing this episode i think i said it in the pre-show like, tell us a little bit about yourself you know like your shoe size all the important wheel of time bits now it's just been a thing for the episode stuck I, love that. I feel like we deserve applause <laughs> there we go yes <laughs> well well thank you for for joining me ro and sharing your shoe size with the mm -hmm. world i yep. do appreciate that mm -hmm. <laughs> Hopefully, people get back to us and, and throw more ideas and we can do a fun expansion on this or just another theory at some point. Um, <laughs> if you've not seen Ro before, she has been on my channel a couple of times. Ro was part of uh, one of the streams for Water Holiday and she was on my channel uh, back in January for a, a readathon that was hosted or, or uh, organized by Jesse from another turning podcast. And Ro joined me along with my with our mutual friend Kayla, and we talked about um, some books for uh, about an hour or so, and uh, had a good fun discussion. So uh, please go check those out. But until next time, all you lovely listeners, may you always find water and shade. <laughs>